nine on friday the 13th of june 2014 my name is garrett thomas and i'm simon payne and you're listening to our errand of mercy which is cursed it's Cause cursed because it's, it's friday the 13th oh yeah of course Woo! i'm like i'm terrified personally <laughs> well, it might be friday the 13th but it's officially sun's out guns out time <laughs> Absolutely. so it doesn't even matter yeah, and, and it's World Cup fever. It's all kicking off. It's now. like, yeah, it's something that we can all get into apart from, unless you're me or, or you. <laughs> something yeah. everybody else can get into. Good. I, I watched five minutes of uh, Spain versus the Netherlands, which I think is happening right now. It's um, currently at one all. Okay, well, when I, when I watched it, it was, nothing was happening, so I was like, Well, nah. that's because it's football, of course nothing was happening. I'm going to go and watch Star Trek instead. response <laughs> <laughs> to that. Um, and I stand by that decision. Yeah, good good choice. Uh, yesterday, the uh, the World Cup started, and I, uh, I forgot because I spent two hours watching YouTube uh, rap videos, so there you go. <laughs> Well, while intoxicated, I believe. I was slightly intoxicated. It's the only way to watch rap on YouTube. Um, oh, speaking of intoxication, I am drinking wine as well for this this show. What I'm a guy. Ho- I'm on holiday, so, you know. It's it's kicking off. Well, the sun is shining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's holiday times. There's currently a storm brewing over Leamington. Oh, dear. Is it? That's, that's, a no, it's a weather storm. storm. Right, no, it's, it's, it's an actual weather storm. It's not like the Waitrose has run out of specialty macaroons or anything like that. It's an actual <laughs> storm. Yeah, it's it's a little bit cloudier, but it's still fairly nice outside here. I just opened my curtains to check. <laughs> just um, check on that weather, just well, in case the devil has come to, to Manchester I, again. I don't think I, I don't think I'm going to be able to see the mega moon though. The, the mega, mega moon. moon. It's all kicking off today, Friday the thirteenth. Mega moon, World Cup. It can only mean the apocalypse, really. <laughs> Did you see how they opened for World Cup? By the way. Um, I heard I heard it was terrible. Was it terrible? Yeah, well, apparently it was terrible. Um, I, I only watched bits of it. Um, so it was terrible. While an ad break was happening, they kind of, they, they didn't televise the first, like, football kick of, of the tournament, which was, which was done by a by a paraplegic man in a mind controlled exoskeleton. Why so- didn't we see that? That sounds amazing. 
I mean, to be honest, it's not that impressive, I isn't it? The, the tech obviously still needs a bit of work. Oh, it's oh, it's not it's not cool tech. It's depressing tech. Yeah, so someone like put the ball in front of him, and he was able to move his foot an inch to like, and it just taps light, it lightly, touch the ball. But so still. it's not like it's not like they just put the ball down, and then from like somewhere in the stadium, you heard <laughs> as he was like running halfway across. He no. was running at thirty miles an hour. That's not what happened. No. No, he 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 was he was barely moving, but oh. he was he was moving using the power of his mind, which that's pretty cool. So we've got we've got cool. the lid off of that science. <laughs> hmm. I look forward to uh, to getting my drone, my personal yeah. drone. Hey, actually, no, no, I changed my mind. I don't want a drone. Yeah, I saw probably... what happened to that teenage boy. <laughs> yeah, he got his. Did, did he just get his ass kicked? He got his ass kicked. It was sad because it was like getting a point of view shot of like what happened to me throughout my teenage years i, I went through i relived some things <laughs> basically what happened was he was flying a remote control drone around like a quadcopter which hmm. which is awesome by the way have you seen the footage from the quadcopter well i mean i've seen footage from quadcopters i mean it's awesome i want one but yeah this teenage yeah. kid was flying a quadcopter around and a woman took offence because she decided, seeing as he was a kid flying a quadcopter, he was trying to look at her naked on the beach. Um, and she beat him up and he filmed it all. And she had called the police previously to that and they turned up and arrested her instead. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, fair, fair enough that they arrested her. I, I kind of like assumed they'd arrest the kid who just got beaten up. Yeah, I mean, so, so you I know, mean, uh, I, mean I, I feel she might have had a reasonable complaint, like, kind of, like, hey, do you mind not filming me? I think if she'd started with that, that would have been okay. But his defence was amazing. His defence was um, was the altitude I was flying the drone at meant that the quality of the camera prevented me from picking any decent details up, which suggested <laughs> that he went there with the intent of perving. And yeah, it was that- like, shit. I can't fly this at a low enough altitude <laughs> to really get that sweet, sweet boob shot. How old was the uh, How old was the boy? I think he was seventeen. Uh, well, no, actually, I, I maybe I don't know. That that seems a bit too. I mean, I, I feel at seventeen, he's probably got access to other boobs. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's he's seen other boobs. If, if I think told, the woman was like in her twenties, though. If you told me this was like a 13-year-old boy, I'd be like, yeah, almost definitely he was on a high-tech perv mission. But... Yeah, cause like, as a 13-year-old boy, you will do anything just to catch a glimpse of those sweet, sweet boobs. Absolutely. <laughs> Literally anything. You would build, I would build a drone out of like like stuff, I'd like MacGyver up a drone. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously drones weren't around when we were we were kids, but I'm almost certain there was, you know, there were teenagers who were strapping like, like, Polaroid cameras to uh, to remote control planes just to get some boobs. <laughs> just, just to get a shot. Back in my day, we didn't have drones. Yeah, we're, we're not allowed to do this, by the way, because uh, my, my girlfriend gets really annoyed whenever we whenever we talk about the fact that we're old. So. <laughs> yeah, because we're not old. We're but not still. old. But, it's, but I think that's testament to how quickly technology works, that, mm. that like some 25-year-olds can be like, oh, we didn't have that back in our, dra- our day. That that's world-changing great. technology. That yeah. allows you to press a button and murder a man on the other side of the planet. You yeah, didn't have back, that. Back in my day, we didn't have drones, mind-controlled exoskeletons, or NASA making concept art of their new warp-powered spaceship. So, yeah. Do you see that? Yeah, I saw that. And also, we're landing on, on Pluto. Not landing on Pluto. We're taking pictures of Pluto next year. 
Cool. I mean, it's I mean, all kicking off. All kicking off. We, some teens have got together and they're going to going to send send some drones up to Pluto to see if they can catch any boobs up there. To see if there's it, boobs on Pluto. Finally, we will answer. We will answer that question. Are there boobs on Pluto? <laughs> Captain Kirk thinks so. <coughs> And he um, would no, know. He, he would know. He knows the location of all the space boobs. He's got a big map. It's like the map from Mass Effect. <laughs> you know, the, like the tactical yeah. map with that with that sweet music. But he's just he's just in there, and it's just got pictures of boobs overlaid over planets. <laughs> oh, you pervert, Captain Kirk. Oh yeah, just a bit. Speaking of old men in space, okay. um, Harrison right. Ford today <laughs> he, he broke his ankle. Yeah, on the set well, of Star Wars, which is probably going to be the first of many old man injuries. Yeah, so Harrison Ford broke his ankle. Um, uh, so I'm assuming you know, uh, uh, Mark Hamill will almost definitely be next. He's going to be like, he's going to have to have a sit down and have a couple of puffs on his aspirator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's going to have a bit of a spasm and just have to have a sit down. It's like, I'll be, I'll be all right. Just, uh, just, just give me a moment. Just, oof, oof. No, 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 honestly, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And Car- Carrie Fisher's going to be a bit crabby because she didn't bring the right orthopedic pillow. She didn't <laughs> get very good sleep last night. It's she all going to be happening. Yeah, she missed her Pilates class. So <laughs> it's feeling a bit stiff. Oh, Star Wars. I'm just like, yeah, what were you guys expecting to happen? I bet he was doing some kind of a sweet stunt as well. They're like, no, Mr. Ford, we have three different stunt doubles for you. He's like, no, I can do my own stunts, just like Indiana Jones. Oh, fuck, I bet. Yeah, it's Harrison Ford, so he almost definitely did. Yeah, <laughs> and he got it wrong and, and broke his ankle. But, like, what what happened to him sounds like it must have been pretty extreme because they had to x-ray his chest to check if he had any severe injuries and it's it what happened to his, him has been described as him being crushed by some newspapers so i don't know what happened i i heard and i mean this could just be unconfirmed scurrilous rumor that he um that he basically fell down the ramp off the millennium falcon <laughs> that's amazing so perfect <laughs> Because he wasn't holding on to the guardrail they'd had installed. They had, especially for him. He couldn't get himself into the Stanner stairlift they'd attached to the side of the ramp on the Millennium Vulcan. Oh, no. I mean, that first half will probably be fine, though. It'll be fine. It'll be good. It'll be all right. It's probably going to be fine, yeah. I just, I'm just worried. I'm hoping that that's his only scene that he's in. Like he walks down the ramp of the Millennium Falcon and like stares at his kids lovingly, and that's it. Yeah. Oh, spoilers! That movie will probably have his kids in. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously. Because come on, it's the that like if they're going to kill the entire expanded universe, they've got to put his kids in at least. I don't know. Maybe if they won't. Maybe just to annoy you even more. <laughs> but if it, if they don't have Harrison Ford's kids in it, like what's going to be the driving plot? Is it going to be like a like a wacky old person hijinks like excitement adventure across the galaxy? Actually, I would love to see that. Well, given that it's um, given that J.J. Abrams is making it, I can only assume it'll be some bullshit time travel. Plot. <laughs> Probably, Luke Skywalker is sat there in the Mos Eisley Cantina, like playing that bullshit chess that they have, the hologram chess, hologram with, chess yeah. with some alien, and mm. then like the doors swing open, and like the alien playing the hollow piano, 
turns around and sees who it is, and everybody stops playing and stares. And um, Luke's like, what are you doing here? And Han Solo says, I'm getting the band back together. (laughs) Han Solo in this piece will be played by Richard Nixon. Yeah. (laughs) It will be played by the guy who played Richard Nixon in Days of Future Past. (laughs) Really odd casting choices they've made. It's weird, isn't it? But the the voice was just right for what they wanted. Yeah, and, and and when he when he says that, uh, you'll just see Andy Serkis's human lips on a picture of him going, <laughs> "Oh my, oh my!" <laughs> and then R2D2 will say something racist, like he always does. Always, always racist. I can't believe how much how often they got away with that. The originals. Yeah, it's disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> and like that's what I'm hoping for, essentially. Blues Brothers in space. Yeah, no, that would be that'd be good. With yeah. like a crazy like spaceship chase at the end. I mean you could almost definitely get get Dan Aykroyd in on that. Yeah. You, just you, for you, no reason. Dan you, Aykroyd will be on the Millennium Falcon you, just you, as a blues brother. He fucking loves aliens, doesn't he? Or hates them. He, he believes they exist. Yeah, up, he's but. he's sure about them. Yeah. He has he has well well researched feelings about aliens. He has he has very defined opinions about aliens. You won't even have to pay him because he'll just think that this is all actually happening to him. <laughs> I just, it, I, I don't know. Whenever, whenever that comes up, I just, I all I can think of is Codex and just like what a light that movie now, now is put in by the fact that Dan Aykroyd actually believes that happened. You just have to not think about it if you want to actually consider them as a true celebrity. It's like Robbie Williams's thing that he has about UFOs. You have to just not think about it. Is Robbie Williams a UFO? He's a UFO truther. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, like, he, he thinks that UFOs destroyed the World Trade Center. Yeah, he did. He believes that that's what happened. And it was orchestrated by the Pentagon and the um, and and the Zandathu mandate, <laughs> who are a, uh, they're a, a hegemony of, of other alien species that helped the CIA. No, he, no, he, but genuinely, he's like, a, he's done loads of documentaries about how UFOs are real. All right. Well. I mean, Jimmy Carter believes in aliens as well, and he used to be the president of the United States. So, to be honest, if anyone should know, it is really... Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> Which kind of ruins that whole plausible deniability thing that they talk about in, in, in Independence Day, doesn't it? Yeah, if, if, if a literal president is like, yeah, I think aliens are real, you go, like, well, mate, mate. <laughs> well, maybe you, you've seen the files, mate. Yeah, I mean, if anyone like you, you have access to the information. So, well, you either know or you don't. You can't just say you're kind of sure on this. Was he the guy who did the known knowns and the known unknowns speech? No, that was Donald Rumsfeld. I don't know. J- Jimmy Carter was the president of the United States from 1976 to 1980. Simon. Oh, so he was like the 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 70s, and uh, I don't know when that was. What happened then? Was that Vietnam? No, it wasn't. No, no um, Korean the, War. No, Iran hostage crisis. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> That's how we're defining them. Yeah, just just by which which countries America was at war with at the time. Which is a pretty good. It's a pretty good metric of of yeah. where America was at the time. Oh man, I'm looking forward to their third invasion of Iraq. That's going to be oh, awesome. Fucking hell! Please, can we not? <laughs> oh, you see, yeah, I don't. Yeah, the I, ISIS is that what they're called? They're, they're literally they're they're called ISIS. Like they're some James Bond bad guys. Well, they basically are. These are the people that 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 
Al-Qaeda used to hang out with. And then they were like, actually, you guys are crazy. <laughs> Fuck this. My favourite thing about them as well is they were the rebels in Syria. So they were the good guys, but now they're in Iraq. So they've suddenly become the bad guys. <laughs> good work, everyone involved in that. It's just, it's not good, is it? I yeah. mean, we can't really laugh about it because it's just not, it's not cool. But yeah, once again, that whole, that whole thing we did there. Still yeah. not, still, still not a great idea. Shout We're hoping eventually our... it would shake out, but it hasn't shaked out very well. It really hasn't shaken out. So shout out to our listeners in Iraq. Um, I do have a friend who lives in Iraq, so quite really, shit. We have a listener there. Get he says, out. He says it's cool. I think he says he's... no, it's cool. It's all a bit overblown, to be honest. <laughs> I, th- I think he's going to be all right. <laughs> oh, good. Well, like hopefully everything will be fine. Um. So yeah, that's that's um, that's kind of like I guess our guide to the world this week. Our guide to the world this week is um, is Dan Aykroyd and Robbie Williams believe in aliens and and Iraq will be fine, I guess. Uh, I'm going to bring back a, an old feature. Um, it's Bible news, Simon. Oh, finally! <laughs> I'm going to have to dig up the jingle from somewhere. <laughs> Hang on, it's somewhere. It's here somewhere. Let me just. It's okay. Let me just under that. No, there's just loads of like things in here. Now oh, here it is. Fine, I'll just play it now. <laughs> From Manchester and Leamington in England, this is Bible News. Okay, good. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> right, that, that was the Bible jingle signalling that it is now time for Bible News. So, Justin Bieber, as we know, we, he was up to some stuff, various amounts of stuff. He's always up to something. Yeah, I mean, there was Sneaky like... bastard. He was arrested repeatedly, like, just loads of stuff was going on. Listen to previous episodes, I can't even remember anymore. Um, he's, he's now become a born-again Christian, Simon. What a surprise. Yeah. Finally, we've reached the end of this long story. Well, I mean, it could be. I don't know. We'll see how it works out for him. Um, he didn't get baptised in public, though. Um, he said he he felt that, uh, that he'd get too much publicity if he went to a church to get baptised. Um, so he got baptised in his own bathtub, in his own bathroom. Because, like, it's it, like I get Justin Bieber. You're a big, you're you're like a big, huge, important guy. But clearly, you've not been to a mega church. Because <laughs> I reckon they could probably handle that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, it's America. Like that. He lives. He like he lives in Los Angeles. There must be like a, a mega secret, church somewhere. A secret baptism like place. Hipster baptism place. Secret secret celebrity baptism. Place. A, a secret Bohemian Grove baptism site. You know. <laughs> That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, um, but no, he just just went into his own bath, which makes me kind of question it slightly because there's did it did like is there some kind of a legal requirement for a baptism? Did was he baptized by a minister? Well, um, no. So uh, bullshit baptism. Right. That's so it. yeah, there, there was a guy. He was baptized by a guy called Carl Lentz who got flown over from New York by Usher. So what I think the fuck is going on in the world at the moment. <laughs> So, so Carl Lentz was sort of like the baptizer, and I guess, I guess that makes Usher like Justin Bieber's godfather. So, so, so Justin Bieber is like he's sat in his apartment and he's like, oh shit, I think I've really fucked up here. I think what I really need to do now is invite Jesus into my life, 
Yeah. So who's who can get hold of a, a baptismal person for me at short notice? I know Usher, well known, well known, uh, well known to be connected closely to the clergy. Usher. Well, I mean, he it. could be. He could be. I don't know. I mean, I don't know about like Usher's religious affairs. To be perfectly honest, he doesn't strike me as a particularly pious man. I mean, forgive me for drawing for drawing unfair conclusions. Maybe. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I just don't know enough about us. Do 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 any of us really know Usher? Do we really know Usher? Who knows Usher? I I don't. I I feel it's impossible for anyone. He's a mysterious to man. Usher. Maybe he's maybe he's a pastor at a mega church, and we've just never worked it out. That, I mean, I like if if you, if someone came, if a random crazy person came up to me on the street and said, "Did you know that Usher is the head of his own mega church?" I would be, I'd go, "Hmm, yeah, no, I can buy that." <laughs> I, he actually got his name because he he was an eccentric pa- pastor who always insisted on being an usher at every single wedding that he officiated. Not many people know that. Many people know that. To be honest, any celebrity, like any sort of like Hollywood style celebrity, and you know what I mean by that. If you if you said to me any of those people were the head of their own religion, I go, yeah. oh yeah, no, that makes sense. That yeah, I could buy that. Like any- George Clooney, yeah, I can believe that. Absolutely, yeah, head of his own. Like he, George Clooney, um, he runs a Buddhist retreat. <laughs> Him and Richard Gere have a Buddhist retreat in in uh, in kind of like the Hollywood Hills. There we go. Jack Nicholson is actually a devout Sikh. Did you know that? I did know that. Yes, I yeah. did know that. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. Um, I mean, obviously there was a like the Sikhs are in the news recently. There was a bit of trouble at uh, the Golden Temple of Amritsar, and as far as I'm aware, Jack Nicholson was was captured on film uh, attacking the uh, the hardliners with a sword. There was an epic sword fight where Jack Nicholson fought. There was a massive fight, mm-hmm. and Jack Nicholson was fighting somebody with a sword. Yeah, and then uh, and then from across the room, somebody said, "No, he's mine," and everybody looked around, and it was Bruce Willis. Yeah, who is also a Sikh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they they had a they had an epic sword fight. That's what you're missing if you're not a Sikh. <laughs> you're missing Jack Nicholson, Bruce Willis sword fights. I, I did always feel like when we did when when you did do like RE when you're in school, I always felt like the Sikhs had kind of the best deal because they were just allowed to carry around knives and yeah. swords. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, that's kind of like the symbol of the Sikh religion is just a bunch of swords. Because like, it's always like, isn't one of the, isn't the deal is that the swords are there to help protect the innocent? Or yeah. The, yeah. And that's that's the deal. So yeah. you're, you're saying that, that within the tenets of your religion, there is like a, a doctrine that makes you a, a superhero or vigilante. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool religion. Because the Christians, we've got like grace and like yeah. doing unto others as you would do to yourself. And a, and, a, and a thinly veiled homophobia, which are like, that's our get down. But if you just want to be superheroes, that's cool. Yeah, fair enough. Go for it. Um, so, yeah. Um, uh, also, Justin Bieber is possibly back together with Selena Gomez again. Yeah, I saw that. There was that black and white picture of her kissing his neck. Yeah, so like basically, I think I think this is part of his sort of like making everyone forget that he is he used to be a teen racist. Yeah. Uh, because to be honest, like the, there were the teen racism videos, and we didn't talk about them on the show. So I was like, eh, 
probably if you filmed any teenager like yeah but to be fair like once again you know our rule like we won't just we won't speak about just general by the shenanigans yeah it's only like there's such a a huge amount of background noise in that department exactly it's got to be real shit like getting baptized in a bath while usher's watching on yeah possibly possibly remixing ignition (laughs) again for the third time constantly it's now called the. It's now called Usher Remix to Ignition Three. Ignite the spirit. <laughs> Again, almost uh, like you could. You, I don't know if you're joking or not. Could Probably possibly, true. maybe a joke. Could almost, be serious. Almost definitely true. <laughs> Regardless. Probably. So yeah, Bible news there. Thank you. Thank you for Bible news. Um, speaking of shenanigans, mm. I'd um, I'd like to relate to you some shenanigans that I found on the internet. Uh, to today, mm. uh, that I thought I thought I could share with you. Okay. Um, what I'd like to do occasionally when I've got some spare time is uh, read Wikipedia articles about theme parks. G. <laughs> well, you know we've all got our own we've all got our own uses for Wikipedia. Um, mine is reading about uh, the wars of the early modern period. Yours is reading about theme parks. You know. Did you know that there is now such a thing as a robo coaster? Is it okay? So, is it a roller coaster that is controlled by a robot rather than a rather than a carny, or is it a roller coaster for robots? It's a roller coaster for robots. Right. That that's the crazier. That was the joke. That was the joke. That was the joke that one. Was... No, that's actually what it is. We're talking about like a roller coaster that has each car has a robotic arm on it that holds the people uh, who are on the ride. Right, so you so, sit in like a like in seats, and then those seats are connected to like a fifteen foot long robot arm, and that arm rides the the track. Oh, and it just like swings you around. Yeah, that right. Okay, that's the fucking most awful thing anyone has ever suggested. To I've ridden that. one; it was quite an experience. I, I I'd recommend it. Yeah, I'm I'm really like I. Well, I don't understand roller coasters. We've been through this before, yeah. but just don't know. What? So part part of my uh, my googling about um, on Wikipedia, mm. looking uh, looking at theme park websites and theme park um, and ride ride pages and stuff. Did you know, G, that Wikipedia houses what I believe to be the most complete um, selection of descriptions of incidents? And injuries and deaths at theme parks around the world that exist today. I mean, given that I, I think I once spent an entire evening reading Wikipedia uh, articles about air show disasters. Yeah, I can absolutely buy that, one hundred percent. So a lot of these, I'm not going to read to you because they're they're brutally depressing. Yeah, and no, I'm not going. It, it'll it'll make me spend the rest of the evening drinking and reading about air show disasters. Exactly. Because <laughs> you'll be like, that's some tragedy. But I want some real tragedy. Like none of these rides appear to include include burning engine fuel as a major yeah. component, and I want that. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that to you. Um, and I, I but what I thought what I'd do is I would go through. I went through all of the incidents at Walt Disney World page. To find, see if I could find any whimsy in there, G. Something that we could maybe, that that might start as depressing, but we could process via our talent into pure comedy. Well, as you know, I'm not a, I'm not a theme park connoisseur, but my understanding is that Disney World is a, is a land of magic and whimsy. So it is. So, so surely some of that should seep into some of their, uh, some of their incidents. Exactly. Yes. 
So, uh, so we have a, a handy in, um, definition of incidents at the top of the page here. It says it refers to major accidents, injuries, deaths and significant crimes. While these incidents are required to be reported to a regulatory authority for investigation, attraction-related incidents usually fall into one or two categories. So we've got negligence, um, negligence on the part of guests, the result of a guest's known or unknown health illnesses or acts of God. Okay. So, so maybe God's like you. I don't like you anymore, and I, yeah. I decide, I've decided that the manner of which I will execute you is Space Mountain. I, I mean, I would like to go through that just to find out which rides uh, God approves and disapproves of at, at <laughs> the Walt Disney World. Yeah, yeah. Just to find out which Disney properties he's on board with and which he considers satanic. I think, I think that's an, That's a valuable resource right there. <laughs> it's something that we need to know. I'm going to have to do a little bit more research to find that out for you. Okay. So there is a ride that I that me and my wife actually went on when we were on our honeymoon. It's called Dinosaur. It's at Dino Land USA, which was, is a part was this of... was this the one where you went through and there was like the people doing like the whole Jurassic Park shit? Oh or... uh, no, that was that was Jurassic Park, the the River Adventure at Universal Islands of Adventure. Right, this is yeah. this is a different thing. Different different thing about dinosaurs. Different dinosaur themed ride. This is a Disney dinosaur themed ride. Mm. So the deal is you sit in like a a big jeep and yeah. you go and you go for a time vortex effect, which is actually quite effective. And then you go on a, a rip-roaring adventure through the jungles of Earth shortly before the asteroid hits and wipes out all the dinosaurs. And the deal is that you're trying to bring a dinosaur back with you uh, in the back of your car. Right. Um, so so uh, it's, a, it's a thing for kids. Mm. Uh, and uh, and needless to say, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So you have to stow all lo- loose items in like a pouch connected to the ride in front of you. Before yeah. it starts off properly, uh, and on May two thousand, on May two thousand and thirteen, uh, on the 29th, uh, a woman found in this pouch a loaded pistol. <laughs> um, okay, uh, what did she do with that? She reported the the gun to the ride attendant, who in turn reported it to the authorities. The yeah. owner of the gun did come forward later that day. Uh, right okay you see i immediately assumed that someone had done a crime with a gun which would be perfect i've got a really and just a really unique way of disposing of the weapon which is you imagine like the perfect crime you 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 shoot somebody on dinosaur which is a dark ride Mm. and then you jump off the ride and then in the ensuing confusion you escape with the crowds yeah and it's the, perfect, and 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 then they find your gun, and and uh, and the person, the FBI investigator, is like the dinosaur killer is struck again. Yeah, because because he does this, he's he's like a hitman, but he only he kills does. people on the dinosaur ride at, Dis- at Disney World. Yeah, that's the only way. Like all you've got to do is avoid avoid that ride. Yeah. Uh, what's what's he left? He's left a he's left a loaded he's left a loaded pistol and a dinosaur egg. His calling card. His calling card. <laughs> and the only way they can stop him is to convince the Space Mountain rapist, <laughs> who's uh, who who only rapes people on Space Mountain. Wait, 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 wait. I mean, you, you're spoiling it. Like you've already oh, sorry, yeah. incident that occurred yeah. in this world. It's fine. We haven't even got to the Splash Mountain Strangler, who's the real. He's the real guy that, that everybody's worried about. All right. So, so the guy actually came forward. It's like, oh yeah, no, I knew, I knew I'd left that thing somewhere. That was basically what he said. 
Um, he's he said that he had a he had a concealed weapons permit and he was unaware of Disney's policy against weapons in their parks. Oh my god! Excuse me. <laughs> so, like Disneyland, as you said, is a world of magic and wonder. Mm. Um, but you always need to be prepared, Salomon, for an active shooter situation. An you know? active shooter situation. <laughs> I think that's the point when the only time that America will... Because, you know, they're currently in quite... They're in the denial stage yeah. of, of grief at the moment. And mm. they won't accept that they have a serious gun control problem in their country. I think that an active shooter situation in Disneyland is probably yeah. the only way that they'll accept that they have an issue. Yeah, but hopefully it doesn't come to that. Oh, no, wait, that's already happened. Okay. I didn't want to talk about it because it's kind of depressing, but yeah, there was an active shooter situation in Disneyland. <laughs> right, okay, there we go. So America will never actually do anything about guns because someone literally shot someone at Disney World. But... Yeah, it happened in 1992 when a man entered Epcot Park after park closing brandishing a shotgun. He shot it at three security guards demanding to see his ex-girlfriend who worked at the park. Fired four blasts at the guards, missed them. He took two of them hostage in restrooms near the Journey into Imagination Pavilion. And then Orange County sheriffs turned up to surround the area. Um, He released his hostages, emerged from the restroom, and after a short conversation with deputies, turned the gun on himself. Great. So, So, yeah, uh, active shooter situation at at Disneyland. That happened in the 90s. (laughs) Maybe that was your wake-up call. I don't know. Maybe. Let's just keep on reclassifying short school shootings as other things and pretending they're not happening, guys. That appears to be working really fucking well. That, that, that's working great for you guys. So, um, so any any more interesting incidents? So yeah, I also have two. I have two guys here. Yeah, because of course it's guys. Of course, always. Uh, we've got two guys here. I want you to tell me who is enjoying the Disney magic more. <laughs> okay. So our first guy is a 23-year-old graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy in Pensacola. Mm. Uh, in October 2013, he was charged with aggravated battery and two counts of battery after he assaulted three cast members during the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. <laughs> the man, who was intoxicated at the time of the incident, assaulted a female female employee with a plastic pipe and punched two male employees in the head. One male cast member received a large gash in his head and the other suffered minor injuries. Um, the, man, the men were treated at nearby Celebration Hospital. That's the Disney place. Yeah, Disney Hospital. And the female was treated at the scene. The man had entered the backstage office area in the East Innovations attraction and tried to commandeer a cargo work cart <laughs> where he got into a confrontation. Oh, God. Security officers arrived and tried to subdue him. He continued to yell incoherent statements and eventually fled away from the officers. They were able to wrangle him to the ground where, when police arrived, the man had blood on his knees, wrists, and hands. No, I need the car. No, I need the car. I'm going to go see Mickey. I've got Where's to... Mickey, you fucking dickhead? I've got to save. I've got to save. I'm a Marine. I've got to save him. I've got to save Mickey from the ray guns. So, so that's one guy. Yeah. He's, uh, he's having a pretty good time. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of our boys. Yeah. So our other, our other guy. Yeah. What's, um, his, what's his story? He's uh, he's a he's our other guy. This is at Typhoon Lagoon, which okay. is one of Disney's water parks. This is a, a 51 year old Connecticut man. Mm. Uh, 
was charged with lewd and levacious exhibition, which is a great charge. Right, yeah, okay. On July 10th, 2009. This exhibition is not just lewd, it is levacious. And I shall and I shall adjust the laws accordingly. <laughs> After he allegedly fondled himself in front of a teenage girl near the park's wave pool. Oh no! One eyewitness, a visitor who worked with paroled sex offenders in Missouri, confronted the man, who then fled the scene. As he attempted to leave the parking lot, he ran into a stop sign and was stopped by the Orange County deputies and detained on on the charges of driving with a suspended license. The man denied the lewd conduct charges, claiming his European-style swimsuit was just too small. This was the fifth sexual-related reported incident to occur at a Central Florida water park in 2009. (laughs) The other parks, aside from Typhoon Lagoon, were Blizzard Beach, Aquatica and Wet and Wild. Way to go, Florida. Good work there. Yeah. Um, so which of these... So our 51-year-old man who who exposed himself, possibly exposed himself in front of a teen girl, ran over a stop sign and then claimed that his swimsuit was too tight, or the man who got drunk, beat up three people with a pipe and then attempted to commandeer a cargo truck. Which of these guys is enjoying the Disney magic better? Um, I think... I, th- I think I'm going to go with the with the drunken sailor, like yeah, because like I mean, he thought he like even before he gets to the uh, the cart stealing, he's already enjoyed the uh, Epcot food food and wine uh, exhibition. It sounds sounds wonderful. It does sound lovely, uh, doesn't it? I'm, I'm sure he had a wonderful time there. I mean, I can I can see some magic coming from that. You know, I just feel like he was having more fun, whereas the other guy, you know. He's just in a tight-fitting swimming costume, like, fiddling with himself a bit. It doesn't sound that... Not as much magic going on there. Like, it, before, especially, you know, he wasn't even able to do anything before they stopped him, so... I, uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. I saw an episode of um, Kate Boss sat, set at the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. Yeah. Which, um, did, which... did he make a scale model of Disney World out he of did. Kate? He, he did. did. Do that. You see, I, I, I haven't even seen that episode, but I knew automatically what Cake Boss would do in that situation. Partway through the making of the cake, oh no, he's ran out of fondant. Oh. Uh, and the only fondant they have is in sight, but locked up in a cage. And the only person who has the keys is the chef of the um, of the kitchen that they're using, which, uh, which prompted probably the most Cake Boss phrase that I've ever heard anybody say, which was, Hey, Polly! How am I supposed to get all this fucking fondant? <laughs> I, I mean, given that Cake Boss, I mean, so often he has these, you know, extravagant large cakes to make. And, and on a tight time limit, it is surprising how often he runs, at, he is on the verge of running out of time and or ingredients. Yes. You know, I just feel at this point in his career, he should be uh, just be more careful about this sort of thing. So he yeah he just he just needs to control his fondant supplies a bit better so he doesn't end up running out in what appears to be quite a contrived dramatic sequence. So I mean to be for all we know like this sailor was at the Epcot Food and Wine like, exhibit. Oh wow, maybe at he was the same time as Cake Boss. So I hope so. So I mean that if 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 there's a definition for Disney magic, I think that is it. That say so even even like the tragedies. Yeah, have some that have some level of Disney magic, like exactly. that paedophile wackily drove into a stop sign. Yeah, it was like uh, you know, yeah, there was a bit of slapstick involved. 
Yeah, apart from that, apart from that active shooter in the nineties, he just blew his brains out. But you know, sometimes less, less Disney magic there. Less Disney yeah. magic, more hard home truths. At, at least everyone, at least all the hostages got away unscathed. You know, <laughs> it's, it yeah, but better. should you ever have to say about an, uh, about something that happens at Disneyland, at least all the hostages escaped unscathed? <laughs> I don't think you should, G. I don't think you should. Uh, maybe not. Um, but yeah, that's that was entertaining. I that was they... this week's incidents from American theme parks. Can we play, can we make that a feature? I think that would you like me to? I think I think we could do that. I think we could do that as a feature. It's almost as soul scarring as the sex toys reviews for me because I have to go through a lot of different things. Yeah, I mean, I, I bet that's true. I bet you had. There's to... a lot of a lot of four year olds have un, undiagnosed degenerate heart diseases. I learned today. God, Jesus, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Actually. Probably the worst sentence has ever been said on this podcast. So. Yeah, I might cut it out or I might leave it in just so everybody knows what I sacrifice in the name of comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, you see, I can't go on to this story now. <laughs> What's that. this story? Fat. I mean, it, on the face of it, it's not it's not related, but then you quickly realise it is. Um, <laughs> I, I will anyway. Um, so. Uh, uh, loaded the Manchester Evening News today, um, as I do, you know, every morning I wake up and I thought, go see what local news is happening, um, and uh, I see a face I recognise, I'm sure, I'm sure I've seen that guy around before, this is a story of um, of Gary Lyon, who was a, a con man, who, um, he, he was uh, arrested and has been uh, pro- being prosecuted after he uh, conned an elderly woman out of £20, uh, by claiming he'd run out of money for petrol. He'd run out of petrol while visiting the hospital and didn't have any money, so he needed to borrow some for the woman. Um, she reported him to police afterwards, um, and then several other people have come forward. Um, this guy's tried to grift me three times. Really? <laughs> with the exact same story, every time. Uh, the, uh, I witness in the field for yes. errand of mercy. I, I live fairly close to one of the biggest hospitals in Manchester. Like, I live kind of like a five-minute walk, walk away. And, yeah, at three different occasions while I've been living in this area, this guy has come up to me and told me... Like, the first time, I was kind of like, this guy's probably, like, trying to grift me here, uh, but I don't have any money anyway. So I just said, I'm sorry, man, I don't have any, don't have any money on me, and then just walked off. And then... Probably a, a couple of months later, he came up to me and just gave me the exact same story again. And you were like, ah, hang on a minute. And I, 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 again, I, I, I think that time I just blanked him and walked off. And then, and then a third time, probably about two months ago, so I was going to talk about on the podcast, because about two <laughs> months ago, I was waiting for the bus, and he came up to me and said, oh, excuse me, mate, my car's ran out of petrol. I said, I was like, you have tr- done this to me two times before. I'm not <laughs> buying it. <laughs> and he was, and he just went oh and then walked up and just basically crossed the street and talked to someone else and was doing nice. the exact same thing. Um, so yeah, he's now been um, arrested and is uh, is ahead in uh, and he's at uh, the Manchester Magistrates Court. Um, now part of his con um, is that he says he's got he says I'm at the hospital I'm visiting my daughter she's got leukemia. Oh come on mate. 
Right, yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's the I've got a kid with cancer angle and it's just, you know, he's trying to tug at the heart screen because he's a dick. Um, it turns out this guy's da- daughter did have leukaemia in 2009, um, but no longer has it. And, but, and he's just kept at this. So he's learned he's learned that that skill. He's yeah. like, oh, I, I can just go back, just go back to 2009 and, and bring forward those emotions. Yeah, I can just will my daughter to have leukemia so i can get a get 20 quid off an old lady you see in that case he's not a con man he is an actor <laughs> and i fully respect his craft his craft yeah i suppose he, he is he, he's using the method isn't he he is he's so method acting he's using his own personal experiences to uh, get an emotional response from the audience yeah he is a method just, just like kevin spacey yeah, just like Kevin Spacey. He also stole one one and a half thousand pounds from his mother while she was on holiday. So that's okay. acting there. Let's okay, say- yeah, that's that's okay. Maybe he is. I, I retract what I said previously. Maybe he's a con man. Maybe he's not an actor. <laughs> Maybe he's just a terrible, terrible con man. Because that's the thing. Like, I mean, obviously, stealing one and a half grand from your mother it makes you a terrible human being, but suggests you might be an okay con man because that's a reasonable amount of money. Yeah, but, um, yeah, like. The other people, he got about 20 quid off them for petrol, which isn't really... Not a big score. a big score. How many times do you reckon that works a day? It's hardly hustle, is it? Yeah, it's, yeah. (laughs) He's not exactly Kaiser Soze. Yeah, given that he's gone up to the same person three times and done the exact same thing. The other thing I was thinking, all right, the first time he did that to me, his daughter might very well have had leukaemia. Shit. So, so maybe it's you. Am maybe I, am you're I... the maybe you're the man who made him the monster he is today. Oh, you were the last person. Like you refused to give him the money, and he's like, "That's it. I'm I... going to get back at society." Shit. You could be right. Like you, you actually could be right. Maybe it's your lack of generosity that created this monster. Created this terrible, terrible monster. Yeah. Um. But you probably didn't, though. He's probably, probably just an he's arsehole. Probably just, probably just an I mean, you didn't make him steal off his mum, did you? I didn't. I didn't, as far as I'm aware. That's it. I'm gonna have to steal off my mum now, really, because you're losing my support. <laughs> like, I'm kind of sympathetic about the other thing, but the whole nicking money off your mum thing—it's not. It's not so good. Yeah, apparently his uh, story, the story that he he gave his daughter was suffering from leukemia, did not sit well with, with the bench at the trial. I bet, yeah, I bet that was it. <laughs> Hook, line and sinker, you are going away. <laughs> um, he will be sentenced next month. Um, he, and has been bailed on the condition that he does not enter Didsbury, which is <laughs> um, uh, an intriguing bail system. See, to, to be fair, he is allowed to, but I don't live in Didsbury, so I guess he could just continue to hang around outside my flat and asked me for petrol money just shout up at your window you got leukemia i know she hasn't mate (laughs) i am literally reading the story right now about how she doesn't my friend is editing the podcast where i'd call you out for being a dickhead i think the jig's up (laughs) oh dear Speaking of a, uh, an unbelievably and poorly put together story, uh, I finished watching the Harry Potter movies this week. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Take that, J.K. Rowling. Yeah, ha, take that. Fuck you and your 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 support of the United Kingdom as a <laughs> as a was one thing. You bitch. <laughs> nah, actually, that's probably all right. 
Uh, that's probably fine. Yeah, um, those movies, man. Are they, I'm not sure what the fuss is about. Did they not not hold up really? I mean, is this the first time? Like, because I know, I mean, I know neither of us have ever really read the book. So, so I've read, I've read up to four. Yeah, we both, we both read up to four. I and think. I have seen the first movie, the fourth movie, and the last movie up until this point when I watched all of them in sequence. Yeah, I think I think me and my girlfriend watched one of them. Um, it's for spoiler alert for one where his godfather dies at the end. Oh, that's uh, Order of the Phoenix. I think that's Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, there was loads of glowing crystal balls as well. I remember the that. one where Gary Oldman dies. Gary Oldman dies in it. Was it Gary yeah. Oldman? Yeah, that's Gary Oldman. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Is it? And he has that like kind of weird, that kind of weird, obviously gay relationship with Lupin. They're like hanging out and staring lovingly into each other's eyes a lot. It's very strange. Okay, so yeah, it's the one where Gary Oldman dies, I guess. Yeah, so uh, so that movie or those movies, lot kind of got a couple of issues with those movies. Okay, so the first you can basically write off the first four movies because I just can't stand their acting. Yes, they're tiny still, baby children. Yeah, children can't act. Like maybe Which, you can get a child to act for a movie, but Thor's pushing it. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you can give them a pass on that because they are just kids, and you know they're doing their best. Mm. And one of the issues I have is Emma Watson. That's the name, isn't it? Yeah, the, the girl who plays Hermione. Okay, yeah, she's you, got you, this. You're stepping on fragile ground here, but carry on. Well, because you fancy her. It's fine. Like I'm sure that for some people, she's she's a, a beautiful young lady. I obviously only have eyes for my wife, but yeah, you... and, and obviously I only have eyes for my girlfriend and Emma Watson. Well, there we go. <laughs> so you you haven't locked in yet. That's fine. I think that's you're allowed. You're allowed to have eyes for like your partner and maybe one other person until you're fully locked in with yeah. with a contract and uh, and everything else. Uh, but the um, and of course, in the eyes of God, that's the important thing. That's that's the main one. Yeah. So you're uh, so so Emma Watson's got this thing where she she appears to be trying to act harder than everybody else, uh, which makes the scenes with her and Alan Rickman very uncomfortable. Oh God, yeah, like no one tries to outact Alan Rickman, and um, and it's Sorry funny because up. actually. Ca- the only situation I could I could see that being done is if Kevin Spacey and Alan Rickman had an act off. Yeah, there's some quite sweet scenes where um, Alan Rickman and Jim Broadbent are having conversations. I'm like, okay, I can groove with this. I like what's yeah. happening here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there are times like, but she's got this thing where she seems to be really into trying to get maybe a paragraph's worth of dialogue into two lines worth of space. Well, I mean, that's... Possibly not her fault. That sounds like it's more an issue of the script and all the director. Yes, possibly. Yeah, uh, but it all kind of combines into this into this perfect storm of 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 dislikable little girl, um, yeah. which doesn't really go away until the last two movies, Deathly Hallows Part One and Two. Yeah, when everything's that that everything slows down a little bit and then speeds up and and there's too much action for you to even notice. Yeah, there's massive acting gulfs where like. Harry Potter and Ron Weasley will be chatting along like newly, freshly found child actors. And then in this scene, Michael Gambon and Anna Rickman are going to talk about magic. And you're like, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure if I was ready for that sudden switch. 
Yeah, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? You've just got, yeah, these are children who we've literally just, we've actually just plucked them off the street and made them act. And yeah, and here's Michael Gambon, everyone. Yeah. And here, it, yeah, there's like <laughs> polite applause whenever he comes on screen because that's not that's not added in. That's just the way it is. <laughs> whenever he walks into a room, even if it's empty, there's there's theatre applause. <laughs> He's just that guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, um, uh, we had a lot of fun with uh, splicing in li- Alan Rickman's lines from other movies into <laughs> Harry Potter, which is quite easy to do. Yeah, just any. I mean, Alan Rickman, I think you can do that with uh, with any film. Yeah. I, I recently, I've really wanted to rewatch um, the terrible '90s Robin Hood film just for Alan Rickman, Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah, it's so which good. Is such a powerhouse performance. There's even a scene where he pauses to let you work in a line from Die Hard, which I think was very appropriate. It was very nice of him because he says to Harry Potter, he says, I shall count to three, Mr. Potter. And then there's a pause. And then, like, together, me and my wife said, there will not be a four. (laughs) It's just so perfect. The thing is about uh, whenever we talk about whenever kind of like um, whenever like Alan Rickman comes up, I always like to talk about it for a bit. And we're like, oh yeah, and he's John's uncle. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> remember that crazy fact about Alan Rickman? <laughs> <laughs> we got like because we'll get mobbed. Like the sun will be at your door after hot scoops. <laughs> Um, one of the guys who like we became friends with at university, just like I can't remember when, at one point just casually dropped into conversation something about his uncle Alan, and yeah, it turns out that his aunt is married to Alan. It's like I don't know if she's married to, she's in a like a long term relationship with Alan Rickman, and it was like oh, oh, that's crazy. I think he's now my like I was I've always said that my dream my dream like older relative to play Christmas charades with would be Patrick Stewart, but no, it's Alan Rickman. Evaluate it because he would be so good at it, and then his disdain with you being bad exactly would be yeah. so perfect. It would be like you—you you wouldn't be able to walk after he put you down in front of your family, but you'd be pleased. You'd be—you'd be thanking him with tears streaming down your face. Yeah, but it was Patrick Stewart wouldn't give you that. He'd just be kind of jovial about yeah. the whole way through, which is fine. But you need a bit of that. You need a bit of that cutting disdain at Absolutely. Christmas. Otherwise, it's not a family Christmas, is it? <laughs> so like that that was like issue number i had three issues right, uh, with it. the child acting issue number two was there wasn't really enough wizarding going on right so i went to a theme park uh as part of my honeymoon called the wizarding world of harry potter which promised me much wizarding and yeah. there was not much wizarding in the harry potter movies the child acting to wizarding ratio was off, you felt. Just like there are scenes that are just lifted directly from a teen movie and then staged in a cathedral. <laughs> and then, like, uh, uh, which seems to take up a large portion of the story. Whereas, like, this. There's I think a scene. That's the appeal, though. I guess so. But I think it's like because it's been twice filtered, like, you've mm. taken. The concept of magic and fantasy and wizards and shit, and you've given it to an effort to a writer who is kind of all right, I suppose, if you're a child, and then you've given that again to a bunch of script writers who want to make a movie to appeal to teens. So it's been like twice, twice photocopied, and yeah. not much of the fun is left. Like there's a there's one of the movies, the Quidditch World Cup takes place, mm. and they spend two minutes at the Quidditch World Cup. And then, like, the next scene is them like, oh, that was brilliant, that was. 
And you're like, where's the Quidditch World Cup? I want to see people playing like foot. Like I want to see people playing broomstick rugby. And then you get two minutes of that, and then 15 minutes of people squabbling about not having dates at a prom. Thanks, prom, Harry Potter. Prom, prom Watch 2014 there. Hogwarts yeah, Prom Watch 2014 was like Hogwarts Prom Watch is what I was doing. <laughs> I wanted to see like magic broomstick, and stuff, magic, yeah. magic broomstick rugby, but instead I had to watch like Harry Potter get all like shy and Ron Weasley be like, oh no, oh fuck, Hermione's like dancing with that big Bulgarian guy. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's it's not great. And there's like one wizard fight, one amazing wizard fight halfway through the film, which is like the peak of wizardness, mm. uh, where Voldemort and uh, Dumbledore have a wizard fight and it's yeah. the most epic thing ever. And it lasts one and a half minutes and that's it. That's your wizard fights. They're yeah. all finished now. Done, done all the wizarding. Now back to teen romance drama. Yeah, and there's a big fight at the end of the fir- of the last movie. But but other than that, like, and there's a scene in that wizard fight where where Voldemort shatters all of the windows in a massive room and fires them at Dumbledore, and Dumbledore casts a spell that reduces them to their base state, and they just turn to sand as they fly through it. Mm. And that like. Sounds- so obviously somebody is doing good special effects, but they won't let him out of the box. <laughs> so yeah, all right. Well, good, good work. Good work there, Keith. Good work there, Keith, from special effects. And now we need some children acting out of prom. Go. Yes. Get back in the box. Back in the box. <laughs> no, we don't need any magic here, Keith. Bye. Yeah. You're fired. And so there's those are issues one and two. Issue number three is lazily written stories. Well, yeah, you should have gone in with your eyes. I didn't realise how lazily written, though. You have, like, there's an entire race of deus ex machinas who exist only to be deus ex machinas. (laughs) The fucking house elves only turn up when the plot needs to be advanced and, like, oh, I don't know where to go. I can't work this out. Oh, a house elf is here. Hello, here is the answer. Thank you, house elf. Or like, oh no, we're trapped and nobody can apparate in in Hogwarts apart from Dumbledore for no reason that has been explained properly. The only person that could save us is a house elf. Hello, I'm a house elf. I can apparate inside Hogwarts, which means teleport, for reasons that are not properly (laughs) explained. Oh, it's a good job you're here. Otherwise, we would have been trapped by Lady Tim Burton. Oh, it's a good job that you have come to rescue us. That's the best description of Helena Bonham Carter ever, Lady Tim Burton, yeah. So, uh, and then there's also just a room where all the MacGuffins are. <laughs> it's called the Room of Requirement, and like in the in the fourth or fifth, no, in the, I think it's the fifth book slash film, it's like a room that can be anything that you need it to be at the time, as long as you're good. Yeah, I think so. At that point, it's a room where, like, they're secretly training to defend themselves against the dark arts, which is kind of cool. And then later on, it's just like the Hogwarts magic basement where we throw all the shit we don't really need. So, like, whenever they're like, "Oh, we need this one thing to advance the plot," where could it be? Probably in the room requirement. Oh yeah, it is. Here it is under this table. Yeah, uh, we can't find it. Oh, there's a house elf here. He's found it. Luckily, Great. the house elf can apparate inside Hogwarts, which you're not supposed to be able to do. And he's going to show us where that thing is. 
So there you go. You've busted open the fact that this series of movies for children is not very good and stars too many children. Yeah, I didn't realise, though. I didn't realise how serious the problem was. (laughs) Because Lord of the Rings managed to shape an entire world and, like, topple civilizations in three books. Hmm. In your eight books, or however many it was, a school is threatened and then isn't anymore a number of times. Oh, and bad wizards almost take over London, I guess. <laughs> so good work on the money. All of the money. That you... Yeah. Because but... it's impressive you managed to do less in seven books than th- that J.R. Tolkien did in three, because he wasn't really known for his brevity. <laughs> Yeah, there's one thing I can say about Lord of the Rings. It's not, it's it's not a tightly wound book. Lots of extraneous stuff happening in that series of books. More adventure took part took place in those three books, and he spent half of that time writing songs in made up languages. <laughs> you utter shit. <laughs> Oh dear. So, so yeah, there we go. Yeah, so this week I'm not a big fan of J.K. Rowling. Our review of a like 10 year old movie series is that it's not very good. Way to go, Simon. Yeah, well, like, like we've always said, uh, like the last thing we want to do is be culturally relevant. (laughs) In fact, if something is mentioned on the errand of mercy, that's it. It's not cool anymore. So we finally fixed Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Harry Potter no longer cool. Yeah, next next week I'm going after Twilight. <laughs> I hear it's not very good, Simon. Yeah, I hear it's a little Maybe bit weird. Maybe you can look into that for us. I will, yeah. Find out the details on that one. Get the hot scoop. So tell us how, how good the story writing is on that. See if they've got any de- deus ex machinas going on. I doubt they have an entire race that are bred to be a deus ex machina. I don't know. It is a book about vampires. Yeah, but they're like a, vampires are an intrinsic theme. It's pretty much like all about supernatural dudes mm. and how they're mostly topless, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. Yeah. That, that's what I hear from the, from the youth. That's from the kids, from my kids, from my youth, <laughs> from the corner boys around where I live. They're really into Twilight. <laughs> Um, speaking of, of the youth, here's a story from uh, the United States about children. This is, uh, this is Pittsburgh, Martin Elementary School, uh, where seven-year-old Darren Simak was uh, just an, on a normal school day opening his school bag when what should he find? wasn't an actual gun. It wasn't like the dinosaur ride lady. Okay, I was really gun. scared that you were just like, there's a really dramatic setup for you to tell a horrible story about a school shooting. No, he found a toy gun. Oh, toy, well, toy okay. gun in his backpack. So he was shot to death by the police. Well, n- not quite. Not not quite what happened. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Um, so he find, finds the toy gun, which kind of like it ended. He doesn't didn't doesn't know how to end up in there. He probably like fell in during like a rambunctious game of some sort. You know, you know how these yeah. things happen. I know how these things happen. Um, so, but he knew he wasn't allowed to have toys like that at school. So, um, when he kind of like found it at lunch break, he went to his he went to his teacher and said, "Miss, this is in my bag. I didn't realize it was here. Sorry." Um, the teacher then took him to the principal, who suspended him and uh, set up a, and then 
and then looked into whether he should be expelled for a period of not less than one year. Yeah, America, <laughs> how is it going? You can't, like, can't, can have actual guns. Like, that's no, cool. Yeah, that's cool. But toy gun in a school and you told us about it? Yeah. <laughs> you, you were honest? You tried to make amends? <laughs> right. Uh, Go to jail. Out of this school for a year and yeah, you're suspended. <laughs> what have I told you about how... Uh, maybe he just, like, feels really poorly about open carry activists. <laughs> Maybe uh, he was like trying to enjoy a delicious a delicious meal in a chilies <laughs> and uh and some some nasty men came in with rifles and he was like fuck this next child who admits to owning anything even even a facsimile of a gun anywhere near me he I'm sending him down he is out of here he is out of here so I, so I can know that I can eat my chilies in peace just like the founding fathers intended um <laughs> His 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 dad decided that um, because his son had actually been honest and done something good, that he'd uh, take the time that he'd been suspended and take him to a local theme park. Well, Just, yeah, awesome yeah. dad. Extra good work, dad, because he was like, so he can have a nice day and doesn't feel like he's been punished, which is exactly the right response. I love so, it. Like ter- you imagine, like tearfully coming home, and your and your dad's like, why are you why are you home so early? And you're like, they they. They threw me out of school. Well, why did they throw you out of school? Because I I accidentally had a toy gun in my bag and I told the truth. And then his dad was silent for a short while. Yeah. And he looked at his son and his son looked at him, dreading what he was going to say. And he said, well, you know what this means, doesn't it? And he said, what, dad? And he said, we're going to Six Flags. <laughs> um, so uh, the school, the... He's been he was suspended for two days. Um, the principal backed down after some media atten- attention, decided good. not to expel the child. Yes, good. Um, just thirty but, lashes. Though uh, the toy gun and another toy, uh, which was a sticky lizard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what that means. A sticky lizard that looked like it just looked at them funny. <laughs> Um, they are have they have not been returned, and I'm assuming are still being held in escrow by the school principal. That poor sticky lizard. <laughs> sticky lizard is the hardest part of this story. That is, yeah, he's never going to see that thing again. It's like I, I'm just picturing like a Toy Story style thing that this <laughs> sticky lizard just just going to be yeah just left in the box at the back of the cupboard in the principal's office for like decades now. <laughs> Sorry. And then he's going to get out. And, you know, I've heard that, like, about 75% of sticky lizards that get that go on the inside for an extended period of time, they're out there committing crimes again straight afterwards. I mean, the reoffending rate is terrible. And, you know, I, I mean, lots of people obviously blame, like, sticky lizard culture. Yeah. But, I, I mean, it's not. The economic situation for sticky lizards is that much harder. They don't get the same opportunity. So... I mean, they end up in a life of crime, and once they're there, there's no way out. It's it's very sad, and it's something that America needs to address, amongst amongst many other things, <laughs> amongst possibly some other things. Yeah, need to address that. America, you just you need to get your you need to get yourself right. You can't be. Don't be trying to fix other countries yeah, when you can't fix yourselves. Don't be trying to repeatedly fix Iraq, please. Yeah. And I don't mean like you seem to think that like by fix I mean like the way that you would fix a dog. <laughs> That's not what we mean. 
We don't mean like take part of it, set it on fire, and then leave it to its own devices. We mean we mean like stop trying to like improve it. Just leave it. Just leave it alone. Fix yourself. I think I think we're getting into another podcast. Yeah, yeah. we are. <laughs> uh i think i think also we're coming up for the end of this podcast i think we are yeah so um thank you very much for listening listen again to us next week oh by the way this is episode 85 i didn't mention it at the beginning just so you couldn't say a boring number fact nice try nice try sir did you know that 85 (laughs) that five is a prime number but eight is not (laughs) i did yes yeah everyone will know that that's not that's not a number fact. That's the worst fucking number fact. Well, because all the other ones I've done have been top draw. <laughs> Better than that shit. So you can follow us on Twitter at Eorad Podcast, like us at on Facebook.com forward slash errand of mercy. And uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please tell a friend. Um uh, or tell an enemy. Make make it make could have amends with an enemy by giving them the gift of a comedy podcast or if they're a really terrible enemy just cut together all of my maths facts (laughs) and just give them that give them that problem solved if a con man comes up to you on the street and asks you for some money say instead of that how about you listen to this podcast (laughs) good night good night once in every lifetime